please stand and join with me in this morning's call to worship. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before God, our maker. We are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. We come with the expectation that in God's presence, we may know ourselves and one another and truly at home in the world. Baptism is one of the ordinances that we as Baptists celebrate. As we do, we, it gives a visible sign of the journey that an individual has chosen to embark upon. Our Lord Jesus Christ commanded his followers to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In worship, we who are Christians gather to express our unity with God and with each other. We are here as a community of faith. It's a community of faith that spans the centuries, bound together by the covenant of those who have also followed Christ in baptism. We've inherited this covenant of baptism from those who in ages past have given us their faith, a testimony of what they did as they followed. Jesus baptized by John witnessed that all people should turn and accept God who has already accepted them and has promised that if they will follow by believing and be baptized, they will have eternal life. Today we have one coming, and I ask that as Shawnee comes into the water, Shawnee Tucker comes to be baptized. That we can offer a prayer of blessing upon her and upon us as we also revisit our own baptism as we too have followed, many of us have followed Jesus in baptism into the baptismal sea. Will you bow with me? Oh Lord, you are the source of all grace and mercy. You're the one who, as a servant, laid down your life. In love, you willfully went to the cross that we who believe in you by confessing our sins and accepting your forgiveness, can live a life that's abundant and free in you today, but also be promised a life of eternity with you as well. We come now to baptize this one who has made that decision and has accepted your forgiveness. In your name I pray, amen. This is Shawnee Tucker. Shawnee joined Southside a couple of weeks ago, and she did so after a many weeks of deliberating about her own journey, wanting to make and give an expression publicly of her choice to follow the one who had saved her, but also to indicate to all who would witness this today that she's embarking on a journey, on a path of following the Christ, the one who has redeemed her, but the one who gives meaning to life today. Shoni, do you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who came to seek and to save the lost? Do you believe that Christ was crucified, dead, and buried, and then on the third day he rose again? Do you believe that Christ died for sinners and that you are a sinner from whom Christ has forgiven of your, your sins? Do you believe before this congregation 
And do you now commit yourself to become the person God calls you to be? In obedience to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, and upon this, your public profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my sister, Johnny Tucker, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Joni, as a representative of this congregation, I lay my hands on you to symbolize the presence of the Holy Spirit and your call to serve in his power. You are a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, a member of the royal priesthood of God's kingdom.
please be seated. It's a joy to welcome each of you to worship this morning. Uh, we're glad you're here to share with us in the worship of the one true and living God. We're delighted to welcome you if you're a visitor or you're somebody who comes very regularly to worship with us at Southside. And a special service when we've been witnessing the, uh, the baptism of our friend Shawnee. And we pray that God will bless her and bless each of us as we renew our own baptismal vows to love and serve the Lord. Southside Baptist Church is an inclusive community of grace seeking to serve God within this particular part of the city of Birmingham, seeking to be a community that welcomes in the name of Jesus Christ and extends that welcome to all who need to know of the love of God. We pray that through our individual lives day by day, as well as the worship and the service of this church week by week, we might honor God and extend his kingdom. One of the things that we do in church on a Sunday morning is we welcome one another and we share the peace of Christ with each other. If you've never experienced or expressed that before, just say to your next door neighbor or somebody you can reach out to, peace of Christ be with you, and they might say back to you, and peace be with you also. Let's stand and do that as we welcome one another this morning. As you are continuing, and please don't stop the fellowship uh, just because I'm talking, because uh, what we're really doing is, is welcoming one another continually to worship, as we have already noted. Uh, so glad to have uh, family and friends here uh, today and um, others. I also want to make note of a couple of folks that you find uh, anew in our uh, choir loft. Uh, this young lady right here beside Monique is uh, Faith Leonard who is our newest Martinson Scholar. Uh, she is a soprano who is beginning, uh, I guess next week, almost, yeah? Tomorrow, oh, tomorrow uh, at the University of Montevallo. She is a scholarship boys student at uh, Montevallo. I'm so glad to have Faith with her. Um, and I don't think that he'll be, uh, uh, sorry for me to make note that she is this little sister, younger sister of Patton Leonard, who is in our bass section, has been with us quite a while now. So we're really uh, glad to have the Leonard family uh, increasing amongst our number. And then also, if you see Cheryl Simonetti over here, uh, she's there for a special reason. Today's uh, tune is not one that probably you would have known necessarily. Uh, I learned it a long time ago, and, and uh, Dr. Roxburgh uh, asked us uh, to do it as the sort of theme song uh, as we've been in these themes. First, How Great Thou Art. Uh, last week uh, being uh, just as I am. This week it's meekness and majesty. So um, uh, you'll hear uh, a kind of uh, style that you might not always hear uh, from our, our congregation or our, from our choir, but um, just to make note, and so grateful for Cheryl for uh, playing this uh, chart for us in, in a Graham Kendrick style. Uh, glad for that. 
Maybe uh, continue in worship as we go to the Lord in prayer before we sing our, our next hymn. Heavenly Father, we are hoping that we may become what you need us to be to a world that is in great, great need. We pray for those who are, are with us today, for those who are not able to be with us today, but especially we know that when we come together to worship you in this place or in any place, that we are gathering to renew ourselves in your spirit, in your love, in your grace and strength. We do come with the expectation that in God's presence, we may know ourselves and one another and be truly at home in the world. We pray this in the name of Christ, our ever-loving Savior. Amen. May we stand as we sing hymn number 288 together. first scripture reading today is Psalm 133 and as you will 
here in this first verse that it is good to be in the house of the Lord, especially today as we celebrate baptism and also gather together to worship the Lord. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life evermore. Here ends our first scripture lesson. Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, Philippians, and chapter 2, and reading the first 11 verses. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, Regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God and did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. be seated. Well, Charlie's going to give me some room over here. I'm going to sit down over here on this side and we'll uh, see if we can talk a little bit about a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, do you all know about something special that's happening tomorrow? Well, it won't be here, not here, but I mean something that's going to happen that you might have heard somebody talking about. 
Okay, what, what the is that? solar eclipse. Okay, and what does that mean? When the sun passes the moon, or the moon That's right. There's uh, the sun that we often look to, and it gives us bright light and warmth and br makes things grow, and we like to be out and play in it. Yes, I think so. Charlie, it sounds like you're wearing somebody out, and they're trying to put you to bed before you want to go to bed. So, uh, and it's still daylight outside, and they say you need to sleep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, if you think about this, this is if you think about the sun being here, and it shines light on us, and the moon and the earth is here, where, and it comes in front and it blots it out. But, and you can't see it anymore, and it's a little bit like that. But the point about that I want to make with you is this that those heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, all those things that we look at when it does get dark and it's time to go to bed, are those things that God put in the heavens. And they're, they're magnificent. They're majestic. We look up there and we see them and we say, how did God make all that is? Yeah. Well, that's a good explanation of it, I think. Uh huh. Is that the? That's right. It is, isn't it? Because the gas is burning, and so you want to make your closing argument. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's all those things you said, but who was it that put all those things there? God did it. That's right, and when we look up there and we see it, we might want to try to explain it and give all the scientific explanation. Y'all sit up. Can you sit up a little bit? I think God wants you to probably sit up here and talk to me at least, right? Let's sit down here. Come here, Jack. Sit down right here beside me. Yeah, good deal. Now, okay, you, okay. So God put all those things up there. We might try to explain them with science, and, and that's fine because we know that science is important. But we also know this, who put them all there? God. And when we look up there, we should be just awed by how wonderful it is. Oh, the wishing star? I wish, okay. That's right, no one... Okay. Well, let's 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 get back to thinking about who put them there. Okay? Y'all have some vivid imaginations, and that's wonderful. But you know who had a greater imagination than you? God did. And God, because God not only put all those things in the heavens, but he made you. And he gave us he made everything on the earth. Even this. His home is everywhere, actually. But we come here to meet him. That's right. 
So we want to give thanks. We want to give thanks that God is everywhere and that he celebrates with us as we see the wonder of all that he's made. Martine? He's in our hearts because that's where love is, right? He's, he's everywhere. So let's, we, what we want to do is before, you know, we're going to run out of time. We're not going to be able to get what we're here. So let's offer a prayer of thanks so that we can remember tomorrow when you maybe go outside or you hear people talking about it, about the solar eclipse, that you'll remember that, again, God put all those things there. And in all of his wonderful power and creative ability, he put them all there. And we can see them and we can celebrate that together. Okay? So let's, let's offer prayer, okay? Loving Lord, we thank you for this day and for these children, for the great imagination that you have placed within us. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would help them and all of us to see the wonder of all that you've made, that we could declare and, and see the majestic way that you have restored or created all that is and maintained it and even restored our own lives to places where we can understand your love and your mercy and your grace. Bless them in Christ's name. Dr. Kelly, I thought you might have had the Krispy Kreme Eclipse Donuts for us today, <laughs> totally covered in chocolate. Just as you wear your Eclipse glasses and they won't hurt you, you eat your Eclipse Donuts and they won't put any calories on whatsoever. Will you join me in prayer this morning? Loving God, we thank you that we come together as your church, your family those who have been loved by you. Unite us in love to you and to one another through the bond of your spirit. We thank you that we have witnessed the baptism of our friend Shawnee this morning. Help us to remember our own baptism and to renew our vows of love to you. We come to you in our own uniqueness, each of us with varied paths that we have traveled. And yet, Lord, we know that one thing is sure, that you are the God who loves us unconditionally. We pray this morning for our world, for many people for whom faith is very distant, absent. Their circumstances perhaps have left people broken. We pray for all who feel that they are heading towards breaking point in their life and looking for faith. And we pray that you would reveal your love to them in their own particular need. We pray for all families this morning, for all parents, grandparents who are struggling with issues relating to their children, be they at home, at school, or in various social groups. We pray for children and spouses coping with issues relating to their parents, such as illness, grief, dementia. Gracious Spirit, not one of us is immune from the challenge of living in this world but we thank you that none of us is excluded from your love. We pray this morning especially for those who grieve, who feel the loss of a loved one who has passed into your presence. 
grant them your comfort and your peace at this time. We bring ourselves to you this morning, asking that we may hear you speak to us through music and through word and through homily, that we may respond to your voice speaking to our lives. We offer all these prayers in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Graham Kendry, because sometimes when called in the United Kingdom anyway, the father of modern worship music, we have one of his hymns in our own hymnal, uh, but that hymn in particular for me sums up something of the heart of the Christian faith as Paul expressed it in Philippians chapter 2. It encapsulates biblical theology, but also a deep devotion to Christ Jesus as Lord, as Savior of our life. It's a hymn that brings together Paul's focus on Christ as Lord, creator, but as the one who becomes a suffering servant and who impacts our own lives and calls us to a life of discipleship. In some ways, the passage of scripture that we read from Philippians chapter 2 and this particular hymn that the choir have sung to us this morning are outrageous in the description they give to us of Jesus, combining the, the majesty of the one true and living God, and yet also the meekness of the one who took on our humanity with all our weaknesses, all our living, our dying, our rising again for our salvation. Basically, Paul seems to be saying in this chapter, think as Jesus thinks. The word that comes over and over again is the mind. Have this mind in you. Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Don't just do what Jesus did, but think about how Jesus lived his life. Let the mind of Christ be in you. And then Paul begins to break down what he means by that. He says, first of all, Jesus became a servant, a slave, and then he became subject to an untimely death. And even worse than that, he went to the cross of Calvary. In case the significance of those outrageous threefold injunctions aren't quite clear, let me take away any ambiguity. To be a slave is to have your freedom taken away, to undergo a punishing and unrewarding existence, to obey somebody for whom you have very little respect and who has no concern for your life, to assume the lowest position of all. And then to face death is to become subject to the end of consciousness, the height of fear and the total lack of control, and to undergo death on a cross in the first century was to experience not only indescribable physical suffering, but also social shame as well. It was the lowest point that you could go. And Paul says, and he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Meekness and majesty, manhood and deity. Paul is particularly focusing upon the one who became human, but he leaves us in no doubt that the one who became human is the one who is our God. He takes our humanity. He becomes as we are. I think we sometimes struggle to take that in, that he has lived a life that we have lived. He had all the common characteristics of our humanness, physical body, intelligence, emotions, a will, a soul, the incarnation for Jesus was a genuine entering into all the experiences that we have passed through, and to do that for our sake and for our salvation. He was in the form of God, says Paul, uh, but he did not regard equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. That's the way the New Revised Standard Version puts it, and it's a good translation of the text. 
It means that being God does not mean getting your own way. Who is God and what is God like? Well, Paul says God is like Jesus. Jesus shows us who God is and what God is like in his attitude towards his creation, towards humanity. He does not impose himself, his will. Rather, he empties himself. Rather, he desires the needs of others. And then he says to us, and let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Which seems to suggest that in terms of the way in which we live our lives, we are thinking not what I can get out of life, what I can get out of my relationships with others, but rather what can I give, what can I offer to my family, my friends, my community, my church, and the country in which I live in. And to look to serve others, not for the sake of gaining a reputation for ourselves. No coward once remarked, I can take any amount of criticism as long as it is undiluted praise. A vicar in England by the name of David Watson in the city of York was preaching a sermon, and he thought it had gone quite well. And he was waiting at the door to see what people would say when a lady came up to him and said, oh, Dr. Watson, the best sermon I ever heard, and he prayed to himself, Lord, keep me humble, was, she said, when so-and-so came last year to preach in the church. According to Paul, the mind of Christ is the mind of Christ that is looking for the needs of others. We call it service. We call it servant discipleship. We call it servant leadership. Father's pure radiance, perfect in innocence, says Kendrick, yet learns obedience to death on the cross, suffering to give us life, conquering through sacrifice, and as they crucify, at that worst of all possible moments, as they crucify, praise, Father, forgive. Paul is trying to help us to understand that God in Christ has entered into our total experience of life, coming to take our sin upon himself, but coming to take our suffering upon himself, to enter into the experiences of suffering and desolation and isolation that we often pass through. We often ask the question, where is God in the midst of our lives? And where is God especially in the midst of our suffering, of our darkness? And we look at the cross And we look at the cross in terms of the darkness that our Lord experienced, the darkness of when he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did not only come to take our sin, he came to take our suffering. He came to be with us so that in the midst of suffering, we might know that we are not abandoned that the one who hung upon the tree understands what we're going through, and the one who is bereft of his son as his son dies knows our grief and our pain when we are bereaved ourselves. Jesus emptied himself. Paul said he took the form of a a slave and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He made himself vulnerable. C.S. Lewis on one occasion said, to love is to be vulnerable. Love anything, anyone, and your heart will possibly be broken. 
If you want to make sure of keeping your heart intact, you must give your heart to no one. But the way of Christ is to open himself and to be thinking of the needs of others. Let this mind be in you, says Paul, that was in Christ Jesus. But wait a minute, we might say, surely that's unrealistic. We live in a world where people are fighting, are desperate to climb over each other in order to get forward. Surely we've got to set this humility thing a bit to the side in a world of ambition and conceit and unscrupulous deals. Christians, are we not meant to be wise as serpents and harmless, innocent as doves? Let's not be careful that we get trodden upon, subjugated, embarrassed, irrelevant. It's hard to hear the words of Jesus living in the world in which we live in, and yet it's a little ironic. Admire Jesus, but don't end up being like him. I trust you're wincing at the irony. The way up, says Paul, is to go down. Have this mind in you, which is in Christ Jesus. So this week, we, we seek to go out into the world. We seek to go to our places. We seek to go to, to college, to school, to business, to the office. We seek to go into the life of the church and serve. And Jesus is asking us, what will you be like? Will you be like me? Will you have the mind of Christ, my mind, in you that is seeking not your own desires, but seeking the desires of others? Have the same mind in you. It's an impossible life to live. It is. It's impossible. Without the same resources that our Lord had. When our Lord was baptized in the River Jordan as he began his ministry, you may remember that he heard the voice of the Father say, This is my Son, in whom I find all my delight. And people saw the coming of the Spirit as a dove upon him. When Dr. Kelly was baptizing Shawnee this morning, he prayed for her at the end. Prayed that the Spirit of God might come upon her. It's a prayer we all need. As we leave this place, as we go into another week of serving God in a variety of different circumstances, we need the same resources of the Spirit to come upon us. We need to hear the voice of the Father saying, I find all my delight in you. You're my children. And we need to sense the presence of the Spirit coming upon us, filling us with his grace and his wisdom and filling us with the love of God towards us and towards one another so that we might indeed have the mind of Christ in us in all that we do and say. Wisdom unsearchable, God the invisible, love indestructible in frailty appears, Lord of infinity, stooping so tenderly, lifts our humanity to the heights of his throne. Oh, what a mystery. Meekness and majesty bow down and worship. This is your God. Will you pray with me? We're so grateful that this is our God this morning. We're so grateful for the love that you have lavished upon us. But we sense our weakness, our frailty, 
to have the mind of our Savior in our lives, moment by moment. Pour out your Spirit upon us and enable us to be the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is entitled, Lord, make us servants of your peace. Shall we stand to sing 290? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you as a humble people today. Our country, our world is in turmoil, and we reach out to you for comfort, peace, and hope that only you can give. We are a blessed people, and we thank you for each and every blessing that you have given us. We ask you, Lord, to walk with us and guide us on our journey. And when the world overwhelms us with darkness, we ask you to lead us to the light. Thank you for showing us beauty in a single blade of grass, a drop of rain, the laugh of a child. And now we ask you, Father, to bless these offerings freely given that they may be used to further your kingdom here on earth. And we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace that you give so abundantly. 
In the name of Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.
Loving Lord, we bring these tithes and offerings into your house. We dedicate them to you, O Lord. May they be multiplied. And may they bring comfort and peace to those in this community and beyond. In your name I pray. Amen. Would you be seated for just a moment, please? I want to welcome those who are guests today who are shared with us, especially uh, Shawnee and her guests, her family that came and to uh, witness her baptism. And uh, in just a mo moment, Shawnee, I want you to come and stand here. There may be people that didn't get to greet you the day that you joined that would like to speak a word to you at the end of service. So you can come and do that, and we'll uh, be able to express that to you, okay, after, after uh, Dr. Rockford has our benediction. There is uh, an opportunity for us to celebrate together and to share in a reception time out of the narthex. There's uh, some lemonade and cookies there for those who are guests and members alike. A time to extend that um, hand of Christian fellowship to each other, but also you can give them some lemonade too in the process. So we can share together in that way and welcome people in, uh, into the fellowship here. There are two things that you need to know about specifically, and that is that uh, today, right after worship, down in the Heritage Room, there's a new class that is forming it's sort of a drop by and have some free pizza and tell us your thoughts and ideas about some of the things that concern you this is primarily an 18 to 35 30 ish sort of a young adult i mean a student and young adult class but some of you who are older may feel like you're young at heart so you can come and share your give your expression uh, express your opinions too but Stuart will be leading that class uh and then we hope that those who are our scholars who are students will drop by at least for some pizza and and uh, time to fellowship together and others too that may be there. And we'll have a, a brief time together as we uh, talk about the future, uh, both of not only building community here in our, in our church family, but also outside the walls of this church and how we might engage in the uh, activity and the life of the community around us through different service projects that we might be involved in as well. But lastly, I wanna mention that next Sunday is a special day here as we celebrate the relationship the friendship, the partnership that Southside Baptist Church and Temple Emmanuel has had many, many years. It goes way back beyond just the, the partnership of them using the space here in 2001 and part of 2002. It goes far uh, back beyond that, before that, but also it has um, continued on after they moved back into their uh, refurbished or remodeled uh, temple and building there. So next week, uh, Jonathan Miller, Rabbi Miller, who has just retired from Temple Emmanuel after 27 years, I believe, there. Uh, he will be uh, joining us in our morning worship, and our uh, pastor, Steve Jones, who retired uh, just a, about a year and a half ago, will also uh, be here. And they're going to share with you some of the lessons learned, the spiritual truths or the spiritual lessons they learned as we all journeyed together and as we learn from each other, but also as we celebrated and found the things that we had in common as we lived and went about our daily lives and also sought to follow and serve God. So I hope you'll be present for that. So a lot of things going on, and um, I hope that you will participate in those, be mindful of those, and as Dr. Roxburgh comes, I'm gonna ask Shawnee to come and to stand here with me, and then I will uh, leave and let people will come and speak to you. As we leave, will you receive the blessing of God, the blessing of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which will never leave you and never, never forsake you. Amen. Amen.